good theme of worry, but, but lovely to be back preaching today. I hope you feel the same in about 20 minutes' time. Um, but I'm really grateful for a team of people who've um, preached over the summer. I'm going to share a story that you may well have heard before. It's a story of a couple of people walking along a beach after a storm. And there were thousands of starfish washed up on the beach. And one of the people picked, uh, bent down, picked up one of the starfish, and gently put it back in the sea. And then they picked out another starfish and put that in the sea. And their friend said to them, why are you bothering? There are thousands of starfish washed up. Why are you wasting your time? To which the friend said to him, it mattered to that one. probably like me, just been shocked, have you, by the news in the last week from Genoa in Italy? Just shocking. Shocking. And in the aftermath, we've seen those teams, haven't we? They go digging and cutting through concrete. Why do they do that? Because saving one more matters. And we've spoken about this idea over previous uh, last few years. You know, we long for lives and communities to be transformed, to be restored. But so often that can feel that it's just too big. I've asked this question a lot of times. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. How do communities change? One life at a time. One at a time. The one matters to God. So we're continuing our series this morning entitled Living with Jesus. Uh, We're working through a section of Matthew's Gospel. And Jesus tells us a story about... And if you have a Bible, do you want to turn to Matthew chapter 18? Jesus tells us a parable. And I don't know when you were growing up in church, you might have been told, well, parables are just nice little stories. I want to say at the outset, I don't think that's true. That they are so much more than nice little stories or interesting illustrations. I I read a book over the summer by Tom Wright. Um, who is a, a great theologian, a scholar, incidentally, who's visiting us in October for an evening. And he's written a book called Simply Jesus. And in that book he writes this. The parables, in fact, are told as kingdom explanations for Jesus' kingdom actions. They are, surpri- they are saying, don't be surprised, but this is what it looks like when God is in charge. They're more than just nice little stories to make his sermons a bit more interesting. They have depth to them. And so the story we're going to look at this morning is a great story, but it is so much more. Because it helps us to understand so much about what Jesus has done for us. So I'm going to read from verse 12, just three short verses this morning. Matthew chapter 18, verses 12 to 14. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the ninety-nine that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any one of these little ones should perish. It's a beautifully simple little story, isn't it? 
simple story, and yet really profound. There's a sheep that gets lost and is found. Profound story, I believe, about the good news of what Jesus has done for us. The first thing that I believe that it tells us is that without Jesus, we are very lost. Without Jesus, we are very lost. In Jesus' day, if a sheep went wandering off, it was as good as dead. There were lions and wolves and bears, um, and they were looking for their dinner. So you can sort of imagine them out there in the countryside. They, they've roasted the vegetables, they've got the mint sauce out, and they're now just waiting for some lambs. Lost sheep in the wandering path. Dinner time. You see, for a sheep, separation from the shepherd leads to almost certain in Romans chapter 6, the wages of sin is death. So when we put anything in God's place, that's what the Bible calls sin. We are in that spiritual state of death. When we love or trust something or someone more than God. When we rely on our own sense of righteousness, our own sense of rightness, our own sense of goodness. So I believe that we all fall short. We all find ourselves in that place. We're all very
worse than we are, but God is more loving than ever we dare to dream. That song we've been singing over recent weeks, and I, and I love it, it's a song called Reckless Love. And we're, and we're going to sing it at the end of our service. And I'm just going to read you some of the lines. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. If you've been wondering when we've been singing that song what that line refers to, I'm hoping this morning has helped you. It's talking about this story, about the one who would leave the 99 in order to find the one who was lost. I couldn't earn it. And I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. And later in the song, it, it goes like this. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down. morning, maybe you've never said yes to being rescued by Jesus before. Or you know you're like that lost sheep and you've wandered off. You've turned your back on God and come home. I'm going to have an opportunity at the end of my talk this morning to say yes. To say yes to being found and rescued by Jesus. But actually I believe that's true for all of us. We all need rescuing every day. Because if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a Christian, have you noticed that you still continue to sin? Have you noticed that? Or is it just me? Am I the only Christian here that has sinned? We all don't. We all go wandering off in different ways. We take a bit of a wander. And yet Jesus still loves us. And he comes to find us in order to bring us home with himself. And as Jesus brings us home, one thing that happens is that he fills our lives with purpose. And part of that purpose is for those who've been rescued, now to have that deep sense of calling to bring rescue to other people. Those who have been rescued to bring rescue to others. Those who have been, those who have been restored by Jesus are called to bring restoration into our world. Those who've been found by Jesus are called to go with Jesus to find others. To go on that same rescue mission. So we're brought home in order to be sent out. That rhythm in our life, we're brought home in order to be sent out again. And I want to briefly share three reasons why that's important. That we live our lives in a way that is focusing on reaching out to those who don't know Jesus yet. I'm going to share three reasons why I believe that is so important. The first is, very simply, because Jesus did it for me. That's why I want to live that way, because Jesus did it for me. You see, imagine just for a moment, you are that sheep that got lost. You're the one that got wandered off. 
And you can see the lines of all the little bears sharpening their colors. They're getting ready for lunch. And Jesus comes to find you. And he picks you up and he brings you home. And so you know what it feels like to be lost and then found. And the next day, one of your buddies goes wandering off. Now, you happen to be an emotionally intelligent sheep. Not like the average sheep. You, You are emotionally intelligent. And so, you've seen one of your buddies that is now lost. What are you going to do? You're emotionally intelligent. You perceive people. What are you going to do? You're going to go and go and go with the shepherd to go find your buddy. Because you know what it feels like to be lost and now found. And so, you don't want someone that you care and love for to be lost. You want them to be found. See, the vast majority of Christians that I have spoken to have a story of how another person shared Jesus in some way with them. Whether through the way they lived their lives, through the things they spoke about, through conversations in different ways, they have a story of how somebody was involved in that way in their life. One lost sheep telling another lost sheep that there's a good shepherd who loves them. That's what it comes down to. One sheep that was lost telling another one that there is a shepherd who loves them. That's the first reason that Jesus has come to find us. Second reason is because I believe it's where our focus should be. See, there's a depth to this little story that we read, and verse 12 is quite challenging. You see, the shepherd has 99 sheep that are content and safe. That's 99% of his flock. That's a good number. And yet he leads them to search for the one that has got lost. And I believe that raises a question. I've been challenged this week again. Where is my focus? Where is our focus? Individually and as a church. Is it on the 99? Those who are safe. Those that are with the shepherd. Or is it on the one? so that I'm not misunderstood here. I love you all dearly. I love church. Ecclesia, the community of God's people. I love that. I've been part of a church now, not this church, but part of church for 49 and a half years. I wouldn't have done that if I didn't love it. I love God's people. I love this church dearly. I want all of us to do really well in following Jesus and taking hold of his love. My life is increasingly fueled by the one. By those who don't know Jesus yet. You've probably heard us quote this before. It's, uh, it's attributed to Archbishop William Temple, who lived you know, a few years back. And he said, The church is the only organization that exists primarily for the benefit of those who are not his members. And we believe that. And we love that. And we want that to be true for our church. That's why we do all we can to create a welcoming, accepting, safe place for those who are not here yet. That's why we do that. Third reason. Third reason that we reach out to others is it's because I believe it makes us happier. Do you see that in the little story that we read? I'll read it again. It's in verse 13 of the story. And if he finds it, the one that she has lost, truly I tell you, 
He is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. There's a celebration, there's a joy that comes when somebody finds Jesus for themselves, or more, I think more correctly, when Jesus finds them, when they are brought home. There is, there is a buzz. Back in around about 2014, I started to hear stories of people coming to faith, more, more than I've heard around our church for years. And then in February 2015, we taught a series in this church called Luke chapter 15. And in fact, the stories in Luke 15 are very similar to the ones we read this morning. There, there's a story of a lost sheep, one lost sheep, one lost coin, and a lost brother. And we, we taught a series around that, one at a time. And then a couple of months later, Robbie Dawkins, some of you will remember, he came and visited us. And again, that catalyzed some more of this within us. And we continue to see people saying yes to Jesus. And what I've done over those years, I, this is about three and a half to four years now, I write down the stories that people share with me of how they shared faith with somebody else, give an invitation to people to say yes to Jesus, and people respond. And I now have over 550 stories over that period of time. And I suspect there are way more. And what I'm praying is that that is a new normal. That that's not a blip. That is normal. I was, I'll tell you this story. I was chatting to someone after Sunday service a few weeks ago. And I asked them a question I asked a lot of people I've not met before. I said, do, do you normally do something like church every week? And she said to me, no, I've, I've never been to church before. Ne- never, never been to church. And we just got chatting some more. And then I just, you, you may have had this experience where you have that sense of the Holy Spirit just giving you a nudge. And I had one of those nudges. I took a, a, a very bold step, and I said to her, I said, no, tell me, have you ever said yes to Jesus before? Have you, have you ever accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you ever become a Christian? Would you call yourself a Christian? And she said this to me, and, and the words still resonate in my head. She said, no, I don't know how to. I don't know how to. So I said, can I help you? So I gave her a very simple much like the story. We've wandered off. We've gone our own way. And Jesus has come to find us. And he offers us life. And our response is, do you want me to say yes to that? And I said to her, do you want to say yes to Jesus? And she said, yes. And I said, well, should we just, should we just pray together now? And I was just intending, I would lead her in a prayer. But before I could get another word out, she had closed her eyes and had prayed what I had just shared with her. just suggest, if you want a shot of joy in your life, share your faith with someone who doesn't know Jesus yet. I believe you'll be happy. I believe you'll be happy. Let me close just by sharing this, because this is another one of the things that I love in this story. What kind of shepherd would leave 99 safe sheep and go look for the one that was 
think about it, that, that's, that's a not a very sensible thing. The 99 sheep are now at higher risk than they were before. What kind of shepherd would go and do that? Well, you might suggest crazy. song as part of our response that I, that I mentioned earlier, um, because it, not only now will we hopefully have a, a, a better appreciation of that line about leaving the 99, but it is a wonderful song that just gives uh, just thankful worship to God that he came to find us. So if you're able, could I invite you to stand? So, so we'll sing this song together just as a way of of, of responding back to Jesus this morning. And then I'll come and lead us in, in prayer. Um, there'll be an opportunity essentially to pray and say yes to Jesus for ourselves. Um, and then uh, we'll have an opportunity to pray with one another.
The sense that I had this morning is that the Lord wanted to um, impart some stuff to us. And the very simple sense that I had was that we would simply wait in God's presence. At the beginning of Acts, Jesus tells his followers, wait for the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, you'll be empowered as a witness. You'll be empowered to do the things that we've been talking about this morning. Someone that is being rescued and would go and try and rescue some other people. Someone who's been found who would go and find some others. But would we wait? And I, and I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to impart some stuff to us this morning. And so I'm simply going to pray, you know, the great prayer of the Christian church is come, Holy Spirit. And I'm just going to invite us just to wait in this place, and if you're comfortable, hold out your hands in front of you. I just believe that the Lord wants to impart some stuff to us. And that will be different for different ones of us. There may be people that he wants to put on your heart. Things that start to move you.
Thank you. 